2: I thought it was a really nice response by Dennis Allen and, and his defense, right, John? It was because there was there was growing criticism, you know, and yeah. and how that defense had been playing some of the, the you know the big plays they were giving up, the yardage, the points, all of that. It was, there was a lot of criticism and and rightfully so, and they responded. I mean, Dennis Allen had his team ready to go. A lot of people, not just us, had the Saints losing to the Raiders last week, but the Saints answered the bell. Dennis Allen. Tyra Matthew, Alvin Kamara, should our opinions of the team now change following that impressive performance? We'll get into that here in a little bit, but first and foremost, it's the Saints Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by John Sigler. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Saints Wire. John, how you doing this week? That was kind of a wild trade deadline day, wasn't it? Uh, We're talking the day after.
3: Yeah, man, it was nuts. You know, we had a very active slate of games this week, and then you turn around and there's a trade deadline. It's you know the busiest on record. I think we had ten different deals uh, fire off at the deadline on Tuesday, and nearly as many in the week leading up to it. So it, it's really good to see this much movement. I think it's more entertaining for fans. Um, certainly makes it uh, more more fun writing about the about this league about the, about these teams when they're actually uh, taking action here. So. You know I love to see it. and I don't think we're ever going to get to the, to the stage where you know um, you know pro basketball or even baseball is with with teams being so eager to trade players and assets. I, I don't think the NFL will ever get there, but if they can get you know halfway there, then i'll I'll, I'll be happy. i I love seeing all this movement and it, it was really fun to observe it. and hopefully next year the Saints can get involved.
2: yeah, exactly. it was wild. It was crazy. But the Saints were quiet, right? While while other teams were making big moves, Roquan Smith is moving. Bradley Chubb is moving. So big names. Uh the Saints. Calvin were quiet. Ridley is moving. Calvin he can't Ridley, play yeah. for a year, but he's yeah. moving. And the, yeah, and that is uh that's an interesting one. Good for my dynasty fantasy football team, because I have Trevor Lawrence. So that's <laughs> good for my dynasty team, John. Uh Calvin Ridley. We'll have to wait till next year. But that's yeah, that was that was a fascinating one. That was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh but the Saints, of course, were quiet. And, you know, while, you know, I've you, you might feel some frustration from fans. Uh, John, it's kind of, as you guys have been writing on saints wire, you kind of understand why the saints were quiet. Uh, you know, you're projected to be over the cap by more than 50 million next year. Um, And as you wrote on saints wire, that's kind of an optimistic projection <laughs> and you know, you're down yeah. a first round pick in 2023. So you're almost between a rock and a hard place, right? Like in terms of making a move, bringing in an asset, like you don't really have the draft capital that you can spend. Cause you don't have a 2023 pick. And also, you got all these cap concerns as well. So the, the Saints were in a tough position uh, to go out there and really be buyers. Uh, and that's probably why they stay quiet.
3: Yeah, it would have been really difficult for them for them to make any big moves here at the deadline, j- just with the timing involved with the, the way so many of these contracts are written, all the structures that they've had to do. Um, they'll be much more flexible after the season than they are at the midway point here. Um so you know maybe they could have possibly gotten like a, a Godfather offer for for a player that would have convinced them to take the, those big salary cap penalties and move a guy but I, it didn't obviously it didn't materialize and I just don't think that was very realistic just given where they are right now so I, I think standing pat was the right move they, they, they could have made like a smaller move you know but it takes two to tango and if uh, just as an example here uh, if if the Rams are just, hellbent on holding on to Cam Akers, no, no matter how badly he doesn't want to be there, and how uh, you know <laughs> unlikely they are to play him, then I, then there's not much you can do if, if if you're a team like the Saints who who could you know could use help at running backs. So you know I, it would have been nice to see them make a move, but I think they probably made standing pat was probably the st- the smarter play here.
2: Yeah, and you were writing about that. Uh, before it happened, and and that's ended up that ended up being what happened. Uh, but we did hear rumors, right, John? There's always going to be rumors, and oh, yeah. we're we're seeing reports that the Bills were were seriously in on Alvin Kamara. Now, I don't now I don't know how serious this was, but that was a
3: Sunday morning splash. Report, there's man. the splash,
2: baby. So yeah, yeah that's so who it
3: was. That was the Jay Glazer at Fox Sports. I, I had to stop. I was midway through uh, brewing a cup of coffee, and <laughs> I, had, I had to stop and rush to my desk and uh, get on that. Um, so he reports that the Bills uh, reached out to the Saints and. To just to see what was what was going on, if there was any interest there, and they were rebuffed. Eventually, they ended up trading for Naheem Hines, who, who's a fine third down back uh, from the Colts, um, and for, for some minor uh, late, late round picks and a player. So, not much there. Um, but, you know, the Bills, obviously, they, they did have some interest in AK. I, I don't think they would have gotten anywhere close to what the Saints were looking for. Uh, you know in my mind you you, you start at the Christian McCaffrey pa- package that the uh, not that the 49ers gave up um, and then you build and then you build on top of that because you know AK, he's younger he's healthier uh, he's been more productive more recently than McCaffrey like to me he's just he's just a better player and and he always has been if I can be, be a bit of a homer there for a second Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I just don't think any team is going to pony that up. Certainly not the bills who have been pretty conservative uh, as, as you were, were alluding to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Knowing Brandon and company over there. I, I just, I don't think they were going to offer a second a couple thirds or whatever that Christian McCaffrey package was all those picks. It just doesn't, it's not really the bills MO and uh, yeah. Uh, the saints, do you want to move on from Alvin Kamara? I mean, if you got that offer, John, would you would you have considered it if you're the Saints? Now maybe they never even took this call seriously and said, "No, we're not trading AK." But uh, what if the Bills hypothetically did offer up that package? Do you think it would have been something they seriously considered the Saints?
3: I think the Saints would would have considered it, but it would take more. Like, yeah, and and you know, I, it may sound like I'm exaggerating, but to me, it would take all those picks that the Niners gave up for McCaffrey and a first round pick for for Camara. Like that that's what it would take for me. Um, just in just because, if you look at the salary cap situation here, if the Saints would have traded Camara at the deadline, it would have nuked their cap until it glowed, like like it would yeah. it would be green as uranium with with all of the negative um, cap hits uh, rolling in. They would have been over the cap by like eight million dollars with no way of getting out except for cutting other players. Like it it and, and it, it would it would have just completely. Uh, put their season to the torch so it wasn't going to happen and it would have had it would have had to take something outlandish like um oh gosh what did what did, the, what did the Niners give up they gave up like a two um a three and a pair of fourth round picks I believe so it would for me it would take all that and a first rounder to, for me to say okay I'll go off the deep end here and that didn't happen and I just don't think that was ever a realistic possibility if, if I were to guess I would say that the Bills may have been like, "Hey, uh, we'll we'll flip you a single second round pick two years from now for Camara," and, and the Saints just hung up the phone. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of my read on the situation.
2: Exactly right. I'm sure it was something like that. Yeah, something like the the Claypool deal, something in that realm. Yeah, exactly. One pick. "Hey, you you looking to move on." "Nope, okay. Good. Nice talking yeah. to you." But of course, Glazer right. got that, got that report and gave it to us and it was all good, but all of this is is playing into, you know, why the Saints stood pat, right? Everything you're saying. And Ross Jackson had an interesting point on Saints wire as well. And and fans might roll their eyes a little bit. You know, me personally, sometimes I roll my eyes at this take when, when people bring it up, but the saints are in a position where Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, Trevor Penning, like all of these players who have not been in the lineup could be coming back as reinforcements. So that is also playing into it as well, right? John, if the saints felt so good about their chances this season and by the way they built this team and, and some of the moves they made in the pre you know before the season started, uh, you would think that they were really, really all in on this roster and thought that it had uh potential. Well, a lot of these guys that we expected to be in the lineup could be coming back here soon, including this week. So uh, that's another thing that's that's playing into this. And oh yeah, Andy Dalton is helping your offense actually function and be more competitive. So all of that is kind of playing into the Saints maybe Feeling like they're going to get hot here down the stretch.
3: Yeah, yeah, I definitely get that sense. And just reading uh, transcripts, listening to the press conferences, and everything, it, it really feels like they're hoping to, you know, steady the ship. And, and the cavalry is on its way. You know, you, you read off that list of players who are all injured and working their way back, and it, it sounds like a Pro Bowl roster. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got your best receiver, your best uh, cornerback, a uh, rookie first round pick at left tackle. Um, these are some big time players who are working their way back and who should be should provide a real shot in the arm once they're back on the field. So, um, you know, I, I, I hate to spin it that way, but you, but you could totally look at this as like, oh, these are the reinforcements the Saints are getting at the trade deadline. So we'll, we'll see how well everyone is able to play uh, when they're able to actually get back on the field. Uh, those, those are all some very fluid situations, um, but hopefully they'll, they'll get some guys back here on Monday night against Baltimore because they, they could really use the
2: help no doubt we'll be breaking down that matchup here coming up and also uh, we got to get to this game against the Raiders some game balls to give out the Saints crush the Raiders demolish them 24 zip we'll get to that here but first let's set our fantasy lineups with the huddle.com
4: this is the typical sports fantasy minute let's make this interesting interesting interesting
1: cory benini with the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week Number 9. Tennessee is one of the few sources for a viable streaming option in a week with six teams on buy. There just isn't a great pool to deal with here on most waiver wires. Tannehill sat last week with an ankle injury and illness, but he has a good chance to return this week. Kansas City offers the best matchup of the slate in week nine, and over the last five games, quarterbacks have averaged 27.5 fantasy points. That's 38.4% higher than the league average over that time. Every quarterback but Matt Ryan has gone into the 20-plus point territory against the Chiefs, and in the event rookie Malik Willis has to start, he's a risk-reward play here that could be in some lineups. Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon at the Detroit Lions. No matter how many handles Dillon has seen since week one's 20.1 point fantasy teaser, the results just haven't been there. He hasn't made it back into double-digit PPR points in seven straight games, and he has not scored since week one. If there were ever a week in which Dillon warranted a lineup gamble, this opportunity is worth testing it out. Detroit has given up the third most rushing yards and eighth highest scoring frequency to the position in the last five weeks. Six teams being on their bye amplifies the worthiness of this dice roll. Drake London, Atlanta Falcons versus Los Angeles Chargers. This is another risky one. Five weeks in a row without a touchdown and no more than 7.5 PPR points has made London basically unplayable. The Chargers return from a bye week without their best cornerback who was lost for the year. The matchup is statistically low-volume TD dependent in his profile. London has the best chance in several weeks of returning to the end zone, though he is a risky play based on limited counting stats and a run-heavy offense. Robert Tunyon tight end at Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. We're going back to the well here one more time for this matchup. Five receptions a week ago resulted in just 35 yards and no scores, extending Tunyon's lack of touchdowns to four straight outings. He should snap that skid with a trip to Motown to rough up a defense that has given up a score to tight ends every five and a half catches over the last five weeks, and only the Raiders have been weaker at defending the position. Tunyon should be among the best streaming options of the week in which gamers will be scrambling for help. This has all of the hallmarks of a get-right game for the struggling Packers. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
4: That was your typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typical sportsbook for a limited time new typical sportsbook users in colorado and new jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast that's usatodaybet.com slash podcast see for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey 1-800-522-4700 in colorado
2: All right, we're back, and John, we're both eating some crow this week, aren't we? We, we, were, we were a little bit off in our uh, our analysis and predictions for how this game with the Saints uh, and the Raiders were going to go, right? Saints home dogs to Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. We both did not like the matchup, given the Saints injuries and, and some of the other things playing into it. And what the hell do we know? The Saints demolished the Raiders 24 zip.
3: Yeah, man, that, dude, that, this this was the first time uh, in NFL history that a team has scored more than 30 points in one week and then lost by more than 30 in the following week without scoring anything <laughs> of, uh, on their own. Like, <laughs> th- 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 yeah, it, it was it was wild. It was unprecedented. Like. You know, nobody saw this coming. I think I had a post up on Saints Wire, something like 77% of uh, expert picks this week were, were choosing the Raiders to win this game. Um, you know, I, I picked the Saints to, to lose by four in this game. I, I thought that Josh Jacobs would be a much bigger problem. I thought Devontae, Devontae Adams is going to have a lot of success against this uh, shorthanded. Um, uh, secondary, and that just was not the case. And and the Saints deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, their run defense was so was significantly more sound than we've seen before. Uh, guys were executing their assignments, uh, plugging their holes, uh, minding, uh, practicing really strong gap discipline. Uh, and then in the secondary, you, you know, Alante Taylor deserves credit for ha- for playing a really really good game against uh, Devonte Adams in his just his second pro start. But it was a real team effort on the back end there. You know, Marcus May, uh, Tyron Matthew, they did their part to keep the zones covered, limit the options, and force Derek Carr into t- attempting some really difficult throws towards Adams. And they those two were just unable to hook, hook up all afternoon.
2: I thought it was a really nice response by Dennis Allen and, and his defense, right, John? It was because there was, there was growing criticism. You know, and and how that defense had been playing some of the, the, you know, the big plays they were giving up the yardage, the points, all of that. There was a lot of criticism and, and rightfully so. And they responded. I mean, Dennis Allen had his team ready to go despite not having, you know, like you just said, key pieces in the secondary, shutting down Devontae Adams. I mean, we're talking about one of the most dominant receivers in the league. Uh, Devonte Adams is no joke. That guy can play football. Hey, we're
3: talking about trades. Devonte Adams was traded for a first and a second yes, round pick this yes. summer. Like he's dominant. Like that, that gives you an idea of, of yeah. how um how respected this guy
2: is. Yeah, and and obviously the Raiders wanted to go to him. I, I know he was kind of questionable with an illness or something, but he was active, and Darren Waller was inactive as well in this ball game. So. You know the Raiders wanted to go to Devontae Adams. The Saints took it away. That's that's a huge kudos to them. You mentioned Tyra Matthew. I thought he answered the bell. He's heard some criticism, I'm sure. He's heard some noise. He seemed to be locked in and fully engaged. And you guys wrote on Saints Wire, John Peyton Turner, probably the best football we've seen from him to date. Right with with Turner.
3: Yeah, this is probably his best game in the NFL. You know, certainly as a pass rusher. I think I think you know in, in looking back. You know, his, his rookie debut at Carolina last year w- w- was impressive. You know, he had a lot of tackles, like four tackles for loss in that game. Um, he was winning off the snap, but, but and then it's been really quiet for him since then. He struggled with injuries, he hasn't got a lot of snaps in the rotation, and he just has, he's too often been just been a non factor. And he've really turned it around here against Las Vegas, and that was really encouraging. Um, He, he was executing some uh, pass rush moves. He had a really, really effective swim move there in the second half on his second sack. Um, he, he was very effective and very productive, and that's exactly what the Saints need to see out of him. And, you know, I think it's important to remember this is this was only his ninth game in the NFL. He was drafted in the first round a year ago. It still has not played 17 games uh, d- because of all these injuries that he's had to deal with. So hopefully he can stay hel- hel- healthy. Hopefully he, c- he can continue Uh, to progress and and, and develop as a pro and, you know, be a part of the solution moving forward. You know, something we wrote about this weekend, uh, you know, just kind of of recapping this game and looking at the trade deadline is just how unstable the saints are at defensive end moving forward. You know, Cameron Jordan is, is getting up there in age. Um, You know, Marcus Davenport will be a free agent in the spring. Tano Passignon will be a free agent in the spring. Um, Carl Granderson is, Going to be kind of expensive relative to how often he's playing right now, as well. So, the, you know, the defensive the defensive end group could look much different this time next year. Hopefully, Peyton Turner is playing well enough to earn a larger role in the rotation, and this was a great first step for him in that direction.
2: No doubt about it. And while John, we didn't look too smart, you know, in our analysis on how we thought this came would go with the Raiders last week, uh, you did look very smart because Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton helped you out here, peppering Alvin Kamara. uh, I'm sorry, Alvin Kamara with targets, nine catches on 10 targets, 96 yards, two touchdowns as a receiver for Alvin Kamara. That's not even his rushing yards. So the Raiders just had no answers for AK, especially in the passing game. Uh, They completely negated the Raiders number one strength on defense, I thought, which is their pass rush. Um, And it was just really a good game plan, better execution than we've seen in a while. Dalton, he had a one seventeen point two quarterback rating and was never sacked, and I think a big reason why John is because he threw the ball to Alvin Kamara, like you've been uh, begging the Saints to do more of, and you were begging Jameis Winston to do. So I think Andy Dalton he made you look smart.
3: Yeah, I appreciate the assist
2: from the Red Rifle there. That
3: that was uh, very very uh, very conscientious of him. Um, yeah. So whenever we talk about the identity of an offense and the identity of a team, the Saints, I, their identity is Alvin Kamara. Like, that's, that is who they really model themselves after, you know, unco- subconsciously or not. Like, he's, you know, the word of the week was swagger around the Saints. Um, AK uh, used that repeatedly. In, in his post-game speech after they lost to the Cardinals a week a week ago, uh, even Dennis Allen brought it up saying, hey, we, you know, we, we've got to find our swagger back. You know, we need to see guys kind of soldering around the sidelines, playing with confidence. And that is what AK does. And it, the offense should run through him. You, you know, your quarterback should be throwing to him six, seven, eight, nine times a game if he can, uh, and, and setting him up to make a play in space. And we saw the benefits of that with, you know, three touchdowns, the, uh, Th- this Sunday, and you know he made a strong case for offensive player of the week, and you know, he he didn't get it. He didn't have a hat trick like McCaffrey, and that, that's okay. It, it'll come in time. Um But as far as AK goes, and you know Andy Dalton being the quarterback to weaponize him, uh, I think this is exactly why he's starting right now, and Jameis Winston isn't because Winston just never did really have that rapport with Kamara and make and make the best use of him as a weapon uh, underneath coverage in the short game. So. Hopefully that the Saints can, can continue to lean on that until the receivers are healthy, and maybe we'll we'll see a, a more wide-open version of the offense later this year.
2: Yeah, and now let's go try to stack some wins. The Saints have a Monday night game, another home one, this time against Baltimore. John and I are going to break that one down, try to do a little bit better with our prediction of that one, John, than we did last week. Uh, we'll do that coming up next, but first let's get some advice from the Bet Slippin' podcast.
4: This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us out and our sportsbook for our Tipico sportsbook out. Tipico is a fast and easy global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting and new users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. You have to be 21 plus and you can see the site for details. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That said, the game of the week is the Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints, and the way to play this game is the under 48 and a half. The Saints are coming into this game with the league's worst turnover margin, while the Ravens rank 22nd in plays per game. This should be a slow game with the Saints' strength in the run game, countering the Ravens' main weapon offensively, Lamar Jackson. Demario Davis is also the perfect linebacker to tame Jackson. And similarly, the Saints will be going against one of the best secondaries in the league and should struggle to move the ball quickly. Play the under 48-and-a-half.
4: That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado.
2: All right, we're back home. Monday Night Football, John. uh, Going against the Ravens. Uh, A a home dog again. This time by three points. The Saints are underdogs. We're getting our odds from the uh, Typico Sportsbook. Uh, did we learn our lesson la- last week, John? Are we are we done picking against the Saints at home in these games that feel like they get they're going to be close? And I feel like this game against the Ravens, uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout e- blowout either way. You know what I mean? I think this is going to be a close ball game. So, did we learn our lesson? Are we picking against the Saints uh, when they're getting points at home again?
3: Oh, man, I, I don't know. The, the Ravens are kind of hard to uh, take the – temp- they're, they're a hard team to take the temperature on because they, are. they, they are. played really well when, when some weeks, really poorly other weeks, and then they just made a ton of changes here at the trade deadline. You know, they acquired Roquan Smith. Um, gosh, I had another move. I'm just – I'm blanking out. I just cannot recall what they did. But but they they, they, they brought it – the important thing is that they, they got Roquan Smith back. They activated a couple pass rushers from injured reserve. Uh, they'll have, you know, Tyus Bowser was their lead, their leader in sacks a year ago, and he'll be playing in this game for the first time this season. So it's it's going to be close. And, you know, if it were another, you know, Raiders-esque team, <laughs> you know, if the, if the Saints were playing the Cardinals this week, we just uh, flip the script a little bit. I would, I would be, feel much better about that. Um, but because it's the Ravens and they have the pedigree they do, and you know, John Harbaugh, to me, is one of the better head coaches in this league. Uh you know I would love to see the Saints pull it off and you know they they proved me wrong last week so I'll pick against them again this week and maybe they can do it
2: twice. <laughs> I like that. I do like that. The thing with the Ravens is as you said they feel beatable because they are they're up and down. You never know and they everyone seems to rank them high in like their power rankings and they gush over Lamar Jackson and I get it he's great. Uh I'm just not sure how great the Ravens are. They're always good. Uh, they're they're always really good. I just don't know if they're ever great, right? I don't know if they're ever that team that like makes much noise in the postseason. They didn't. They, ne- they never seem to. Now they did add Roquan Smith, as you said, and he's having a huge season. So we'll see how quickly he can implement into their their defense. I mean, they got tough corners. I, I, Patrick Queen is a beast. So I mean, that defense should be a, a test for the Saints. We'll see if they can stack another good game together. But I look at like the Ravens. They're dealing with some injuries on their own, right? Mark Andrews, he's banged up shoulder and knee injuries and uh, Rashard Bateman their number one receiver also had to you know he's been having a hard time staying on the field so it's really a running football team with the Ravens the Bucks couldn't figure it out once Mark Andrews and Bateman they both were active but left that game with injuries in the first half on Thursday night the Ravens strictly went to a run first approach with Jackson Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake and the Bucks couldn't figure it out can the Saints figure it out John right because I think that's what we're going to see the the Ravens are going to come in here and try to run it down your throat Will the Saints be able to answer the bell there?
3: Yeah, that's that's going to be challenging. You know, we saw the Saints play, practice much much better run defense against the Raiders, but that that's a whole different beast from you know trying to counter Lamar Jackson. And we've seen the Saints struggle, even even in the the years when they've had you know an elite run defense, they have struggled with these mobile quarterbacks. and they haven't seen Lamar Jackson yet. he He wasn't yet starting over Joe Flacco when it when they visited Baltimore a couple of years back uh, as a rookie. So that that's someone that they haven't lined up against before, that's going to be a problem, and I think that is going to make a difference in this game. I'm just not fully confident yet that they have completely turned the corner and this specific weakness, it could be something that the Ravens take advantage of.
2: Yeah, I just this is not as much a commentary on the Saints as it is on on my opinion of the Ravens. I'm just not a a believer in Baltimore. I'm just I've just never been a believer in that team, John. So you know, you're coming into New Orleans, you're giving us three points. The Saints are making me feel better about them after the way they played last week, so I think I'm. I think I'm going to go ahead and take. I'm going to take those points. I'm going to take the Saints. Now I could be wrong here. You're probably right, and I'm probably just being biased because I've I've always just pushed against the the commentary that the Ravens are one of the best teams in the league. I just I've never thought that. Uh, but I, I want to take the I want to take the points here. So I, I guess one of us is going to be right next week. Instead of both of us. Yeah. Of yeah, us
3: Look, One of us will get the last laugh here. So maybe, maybe it's you, maybe it's me. Uh We'll have to tune, tune in next week and find out
2: what's going on. Saints wire here. And uh for between now and kickoff, a lot of, you know, we're updating on injury reports and, and try to figure out who we're getting back.
3: Yeah, that's really our priority. Now we're t- keeping a close eye on injured reserve. PJ Williams is expected back soon in the secondary. Uh, uh, Trevor Penning, you know the first first round left tackle. Uh, Dennis Allen said this week that he's out of the walking boot. He's on the treadmill. He's he's uh, getting uh, more involved in the weight room. So he's on his way back. I, I this this will be too soon for him with the Ravens game, but but he is working his way back, and hopefully he'll be back at practice before we know it. So we're keeping a close eye on both of those guys, as well as everybody on the injury injury report with with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, um, Adam Troutman, and you know the saints as we said earlier the saints have a ton of injuries R- really keeping up with all these updates is our focus hopefully we'll have good news to report back soon
2: well, there's john sigler check his stuff out on the saints wire he and the crew do an excellent job we appreciate you listening and subscribing we'll be back next week to break down saints ravens looking forward to that we'll catch you then